Welcome to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. I'm your host, Scott Dillingham. The goal of the show is to show you how you can grow personally, financially, have a larger net worth, and leverage your largest asset to help you develop the person you want to be. I take you through all the steps I did from being nothing to being told that I was nobody and I was never going to accomplish anything, from getting kicked out of high school to owning a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio in my own company with more than 20 employees. You'll meet our partners, you'll meet our friends, you'll quickly discover how you can improve your life. So listen in and enjoy the show. Episode of Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. My name is Paul McAllister. I am going to be your host today. I have a special guest, Ryan Day from Calvert Mortgage. But first, who am I? I am a mortgage agent. I'm an investor-focused mortgage agent specifically. I'm an investor myself, I'm investing for over 10 years. I work at Lens City Mortgages, who we do Canadian mortgages throughout every province. We also do, if you're an investor investing in a Canadian investor investing in America, we can do your investment property mortgages as well in in America. So I think that's really what's unique about us. I'm really excited for today's conversation with Ryan because I use Calvert a lot and I preach it a lot because some of these products that we're going to get into are so unique. And really, I've seen and people grow with these products. Brian, introduce yourself. Yeah, so just introduce yourself, then we'll get into kind of different things about what you guys offer. For sure, yeah. Really uh, appreciate you having me on, Paul. I'm really looking forward to this the discussion today. I know we we were talking about it before the show, but we actually have a deal closing as well too. So super happy that you're a big fan. My name's Ryan. Been with the company for just over three years now. Really focus on business development. So finding new mortgage brokers, real estate investors, wholesalers, flippers, primarily in Alberta and Ontario. Company's been around for over 45 years. So we have a long history managing risks, primarily supporting real estate investors in in Alberta. We've been in Ontario for about three-ish years now. um, And we just see so much opportunity going on in the marketplace, uh, supporting real estate investors and primarily helping investors create more real estate stock, just because obviously we're extremely undersupplied and trying to help a solution going on in order to essentially help increase supply through our unique products as most clients buy, renovate and sell or buy, renovate and refinance. So I really focus on just building new relation, new relationships and managing current relationships with top accounts and understanding how we can serve our clients better, what we can do in order to prove our service, our value proposition. And to your point, we'd like to think we have some really amazing products in the marketplace, something really unique that I'm super pumped and super excited to get in, into and I'm just very thrilled that obviously you have firsthand experience using our product so you could vouch for the service. Yes. One, one thing that stand out to you is like you've been around 45 years supporting investors, which is, is pretty long time. That stood out to me. And I know you're Calgary based, but you're doing mortgages, you're doing loans in Calgary and Ontario mainly, correct? Are those the two provinces? Yes. Yeah, you got it. Correct. So Alberta and Ontario, we're looking to go start lending in BC in about one-ish year's time. We probably said that a year ago, but we're just trying to manage the really unique flow of capital, lending opportunities, human resources, and processes and systems. We were planning on being in BC around this time-ish. However, there's just still so much opportunity in the marketplace in Ontario because we've only been in that province for three years. So we're going to really look to grow and expand the Ontario base, primarily lending in major urban city centers, so populations 100,000 and above, where we do most of our business is southwestern Ontario. 
specifically speaking for the obviously the Ontario province, but we do some Northern Ontario, Sudbury, Sault Ste. Marie. We don't do Timmins, unfortunately, just because we find it's a little bit too rural. But those major urban city centers, we love lending there. The reason being is there's just a lot of data to support real estate values. So obviously the larger the population, typically obviously more housing stock. And with more housing stock, there's more data points to understand obviously what the value is currently right now and what it could be worth as if complete if a client's looking to flip a property. But general rule of thumb is we lend in populations 10,000 and above in Ontario. There, there's some exclusions to that, but that's typically a general rule of thumb. And then in Alberta, most of our business is Calgary based just because the company's been around, to your point, over 45 years, primarily here in Calgary. Do a lot of lending in Edmonton and then Red Deer a little bit and same with Lethbridge. So those are the markets we focus on, the markets we're going to be expanding to. So for the 100,000, so you said 100,000, I know it's less than five units and I know the terms you want to be less than 12 months. So if I have a, we have Windsor, where I'm from, we're located, we have an office in Windsor. Mm -hmm. But then we have small towns outside of Windsor that are like 25,000, 20,000 populations. You would still land in those places or, because I think you said 100,000, but then you said 10,000. So yeah, we just got to look at there. On. Okay, so you'd still land there yeah, just based on the really data. You need data. We land in populations. Correct. Our, our preference is populations 100,000 and above or 25 kilometer radius from those city limits. But as long as there's a population 10,000 and above and the property is directly in that city, then we will lend there. Sounds good. So then I had a deal that just closed uh, minutes ago, uh, about an hour ago. So very excited for that. We used, you have a cool pro, I guess not product. It's, I don't know what you call it, a pro flipping the flip product basically for when you're flipping houses or flipping properties or when you are doing the birth strategy and you use Calvert, you use your lending for the beginning and then you have an exit. So I know everything is tied to the exit, but I just got done actually doing one where the guy's doing a burr. So he's buying it. He's going to rehab a basement and then he's going to, it'll be two units. He'll rent it out. Then we're going to refinance it. I think we have about a three month timeline to do that. I just want to talk about the flip analyzer because I know how to do that flip analyzer inside. No, I really think it's a cool kind of tool. Can you talk a little bit about your flip product and then maybe the flip analyzer and just how do you view things from your side? Yeah, for sure. Super pumped that obviously you've used the product and you have firsthand experience. So that's awesome. Essentially our value proposition for what makes us really unique when it comes to our flip product is number one, we all, uh, in some instances, we're able to fund the deal with as little as $20,000 down for purchase prices up to $800,000. So low money down option. And that reason how we're able to do that is because we're taking a look at the after repair value, not so much the as is value. So value proposition number one, number two is we do not require third party appraisals. And the reason being is that we have four in-house analysts currently right now who are employed by Calvert and they do remote valuations completely for free for our clients. So they typically on average value around four to five ish properties per day. So we have a really good pulse on the market on what the HPI is doing for that specific for that specific property type in that specific geographic region. So we have really good data to support our lending decisions in order to manage and essentially mitigate risk when essentially the market's going down in order to 
draw back our lending or obviously increase it if the market's going really well. So don't need an appraisal, low money down. We can fund deals in as little as three business days in Ontario. And how we're able to do that is number one, we don't require a third party appraisal. Number two, we drop all of our own mortgage instructions for the lawyer. And this really helps the lawyer essentially act quickly when it comes to closing the transaction because a lot of the leadway is a lot of the work is already done and it's very clear direction on essentially what our mortgage documents entail. On that note as well too, we've partnered up with a few around two, two to four law firms that really specialize on quick closing fundings and that really helps the client service as well too. If there are any very time sensitive scenarios where clients are, they're in a pickle, they're in a pinch and they need to close in just a few days. Mortgages are fully open as well too. Obviously this real estate investors love this, not having any prepayment penalty. Having it fully open obviously incentivizes them to be in and out as quick as possible and not having to worry about any of those pesky fees when it does come to exiting the mortgage early if it's with a traditional lender. Point number, I guess four, four or five we're on now is we are able to also collateralize other properties completely for free using our valuator. So let's say typically real estate investors have a property or, or two at minimum. As long as they give us property photos as of today and a most recent mortgage statement, they would hand that off to you. You would hand that off to our underwriter in-house. They would pull comps, take into consideration what's recently sold using the direct comparison approach and pull three to six comparables and essentially assign a value to what the property our appraiser believes will sell for it as of today on the MLS and we will lend up to 75% of that in second position as long as there's an A or a B lender in first position we don't go behind other privates and then obviously it's subject to the deal as well too the property type and, lo the, uh, and the location and the benefit to the client for this is they're able to tap into the equity of another property that's currently sit sitting idle and they're able to get in either number one, a higher loan to value on the subject property. So we would advance them, obviously the down payment, or we could advance some renovation funds, or it could be a combination of the two. That's So we're able to really find create, yeah, we're able to find really creative solutions for our clients with the other, with the other assets that they currently have available. And this is all for free as well too. Like we just need property photos, it's hassle free, don't need to go in, schedule an appraiser in there. I'm currently working with one right now for me personally, and it, it's just less of a hassle as opposed to doing it the traditional route. Obviously with alternative lending, you're gonna pay a premium, but we typically find that clients of ours, there's a time and a place for alternative lending and having a short-term mortgage is one of the needs and the requirements that obviously, as long as you're comparing apples to apples, it's uh, very situation dependent on when you'd use us, but we'd like to think we have a really unique value proposition for low money down, no appraisal, quick turnaround time, creative solutions, and hopefully uh, from your experience, really timely service as well too, when it comes to replying to our clients. Yeah. So I could attest to all what you've said there. A lot of things stood out. I just learned about the collateral. I didn't know about the collateral thing and that's something I'm going to have to be coaching because I'm a coach as well. Um, so I, I'm going to be coaching certain people through, mm -hmm. I, I didn't even realize that. So. Thank you for letting me know about using collateral from existing properties. It's something that I wasn't really thinking about it when I think about that product. So you've just evolved my thinking. But some other things I want to... Yeah, I find it's... Go ahead. I was going to say, I could even uh, give an example because I find examples typically help 
uh, people who aren't, you know, specifically in the mortgage industry, um, essentially helps solidify their understanding. So, so if easy numbers and a property worth a million bucks, um, obviously we go up to 75% of that. So, uh, 750,000. Say if they had a mortgage with TD for 500 grand. So in this example, you just do 750,000, subtract 500, and that's 250,000 in equity. And we essentially just view that 250 in equity as quote unquote cash that's sitting idle. Say if they were purchasing a property for a million dollars, then they could use this 250 in equity as a 25% down payment, get our cheapest interest rate, which is 9.99% currently as of today in February we would advance the full million dollars of the subject property that we're going to be going on title. We'll be in second position on the property we're using as collateral. So it's one mortgage registered against two properties, six month term fully open, and they're getting in at hundred percent loan to value on the as is value. And the reason why we're able to do that is because we're taking a look at the global loan to value, not so much just obviously the as is value of the subject property. Say if they wanted funds for renovations and they wanted to put 10% down, so $100,000 on, on the 1 million, and then they still have $150,000 left over that we could advance them above the purchase price if they wanted funds for renovations, closing costs, operating costs, whatever the case may be, in order to best service that clients to give them the access to the capital that they're looking for in order to scale. Keep in mind, all of this obviously is subject to due diligence. It really depends on the client and the deal, but that's just a very rough uh, scenario in order to solidify the understanding yeah, of so I, the applicable scenario that this could be implemented. Yeah, I think it's clear. For me, it's 100% clear. For the listeners, like kind of what I do here and what I, I can give you through an example what I did this week. So I got a client that come to me a week ago. He said, all right, I have this property. I want to buy it. It's, it was under contract. He's like, I want to burr it. And I said, okay. So I sent him, I went through with him and built the flip analyzer saying, what do you, what's the, what are the scope? You have to get clear on the scope. And what I've noticed is Calvert don't just want you to say, oh, I'm doing a kitchen. It's going to cost me this. No, they need to understand what type of cabinets are you putting in? What type of some more details, because they're going to be looking at the ARV. They need to calculate the ARV. If you're putting in garbage cabinets or whatever, that's going to affect your ARV compared to you're putting uh, custom cabinets or you're putting granite countertops compared to linoleum. Getting very clear with the scope is something that I start with the client. I actually do a PowerPoint presentation where we take the listing photos. We just put them in a presentation. We say, okay, in each picture, what are you going to be doing? And get clear on that. And then further from, so that's just to help them understand, verbalize what they want to do. And then it's the next step is, okay, you know your scope. Now go get a quote from a reputable contractor that that who's actually going to execute the work. And so to me, before we even go to Calvert, we've done this presentation, we've figured out the scope, they've got their quote, and then we've filled in this flip analyzer that just basically walks you through what are your costs going to be up front? What are your, what type of fees are involved, maybe related to financing? What type of operation costs, meaning like the bills that you're going to need. So they want to know everything. And then at the end of the day, they actually have it so like, to me, this flipping line is so good because it tells you what is going to be your return on your investment. Mm -hmm. Basically, what did you buy it for? What did you rent it for? What is the ARV? What did you, sorry, what did you buy it for? What did you, what do you think it's going to be worth when you're done the renovations? How much did you spend on renovations? And it's just so clear. This sheet to me is I'm a big, I'm an engineering background and I love these little sheets. So what I'm actually doing with clients is working them through one, building the scope out, 
getting the documents that you're going to need for due diligence because I know you're going to need them. And then furthermore, what is the exit strategy? So if you go to Calvert, from my experiences, if you say, oh, here's what we're going to do and here's what we're going to, and then we're going to go and we're going to get refinance. And to me, the more detail you can be for what you're doing from a uh, lending standpoint, if it's not just a sale, um, if it's a refi, the better, right? Like for this specific case, he came to me last week. We got him all that stuff. Monday, we got it to Culver. Today, we close, which is Friday. So we have Monday to Friday, we've closed. And with the same thing, you have your lawyers. I have a lawyer that will close a, a deal in a day. He does his, that's why I use him because he can close in a day. Not many lawyers will close <laughs> in a day, but he will, especially if he knows if there's pressure on him, especially because we do so much kind of business together. Like we know how each other work and even he does his in-house title searches or anything like that. So he has unique things that make me want to use him more and more. He can even virtually close. Those are things that like, and it's not just like a DocuSign thing. It's he gets you on camera, you can see his screen. So there's things like that helped us get from Monday to Friday. Uh, but Calvert, the, the amount of time it took for us to give them the package, to review the package, to ask us some questions, um, to provide maybe more documents, to get to close is five days. We could do it in three days, really. So that's everything you've said is this was a live example that I've seen happen. You can supplement if I didn't say anything as clear as I think you see it, but this is my example that just happened this week. That's what I wanted to share. Yeah, you nailed it on the head. And, and to your point, a uh, few things I'd like to touch on is we lend to first time flippers uh, all the time. When they are first time flippers, uh, we're going to share our expertise, even if they're experienced flippers, but share our expertise, our knowledge, our resources, everything that we see going wrong or potentially going wrong with the deal, we're going to communicate, verbalize that to you just to ensure you have a second set of eyes on your deal from a third party that obviously we're, we're going to be involved in, in it if we provide a mortgage, but having someone who on average we see around 100 deals a week, we only approve around 20% of them. Um, I think it's invaluable to have someone looking at that volume of primarily flip deals on a day-to-day -day basis, assessing your deal, ensuring purchase price, ARV, renos, everything's on a conservative basis. And the scope that we like to view the deal at is, does this make sense for the client? Even though that we make money off fees and interest, we have a minimum profit threshold of 20 grand. It's extremely rare that the profits in and around that 20 grand, it's normally around 40 to 75-ish, depending on purchase price, renos, location, all that stuff. But you have someone else assessing your financials on the flip, ensuring that it's gonna appraise that subject that you're actually do the renos that you pitch and, and provide to us. And I just think that is, is so invaluable from someone doing it for over 45 years. The company's seen everything in their existence of deals going well, deals going bad. So we share all of those resources, all of those learnings for clients. So that's number one. Number two is, to your point, if a client is buy, renovating, and selling, we look at that differently than a client who's burring or buy, renovating, and, and refinancing. A lot of our clients are business for self. They're tradespeople, electricians, general contractors, whatever the case may be. And to be tax efficient, they show that they made whatever, 20, 30, 40 grand a year. And how we underwrite is as long as they're flipping, as long as you have the capital for all of your operating purchase price, closing costs, mortgage payments, readily available in either cash or debt that you can show us that's liquid as of today, 
you can buy a property for 200 grand, 700 grand, 800 grand. As long as the numbers make sense in terms of profitability, you show us that you have the capital, there's no issues with location, property type, exit strategy, all of that. And we have confidence in your business plan in order to execute the plan. Sky's the limit for some of these clients. You're able to do, subject to due diligence, obviously, multiple deals at once. We have one guy doing 20 flips currently right now. I, I know there's a, a lot going on with promissory notes and stuff like that. We do not encourage promissory notes. All of our mortgages are registered on title, but if you want to scale up your operations, we're able to do that. And we've seen clients who started doing this part-time. Now they're doing it full-time. They have a whole trades people and team under them. So as long as the exit's to sale, we're not taking a look at GDS, TDS, income, the typical underwriting criteria and debt service ratios. Or sorry, I guess I already mentioned that, but so yeah, we don't underwrite traditionally just because we understand what the property will look like as if complete. You show us that you have the capital to service everything and the numbers make sense. However, if the exit is a refi, then we will take a look at that, the, the other underwriting criteria, just because the takeout lender, they're going to be focusing on that as, as well. Yeah. Too. So I think the first thing you said there, I got an example of how you used your experience. So originally this guy came to me and, and he wanted to do something with a, he wanted to renovate the basement and he wanted to convert the ADU. He wanted to convert a garage into an ADU. And we originally did the numbers based on, are you doing all that work? But Calvert came back and I actually was like, we don't like the permit. The permit part of that for that ADU is where I, we feel like you could run into some trouble in terms of length. So what is, they didn't reject it. They said, what is your strategy for permits? Or do you have a strategy for permits? And then when we went back and looked at it, we had a discussion with the client and he decided, okay, let's just do the, the one unit in the basement, adding unit in the basement, adding in the converting the unit upstairs and leave the ADU for later. And it, so he was like, it still makes sense if we just go in there, do this renovation and lose later on, I can come back and I can do the ADU. He was happy with that. We were able to move forward. But it, it is true. I, when I did ask him about the permit strategy, he's like, oh, I know, I, I know somebody. And I was like, nobody wants to hear that we're relying on because you know somebody <laughs> in the municipality. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's not going to be a permit strategy, at least like officially. So funny that that was the response. But that was one of the ways where you raised your hand and said, listen, we, we know that permitting can be an issue here. And you're trying to do this project in three or six months. And we've seen permit be an issue that could push it a lot further. So yeah, that would be your expertise helping in, in a situation. Yeah, and to, to your point, like we don't want to be a hindrance to the deal. We're doing everything within our power as long as it makes sense to get the deal across the finish line. But we've just seen so many projects where they forecast it'll take four months, six, eight months, nine months go by. And, and the biggest challenges that we see are our permits. And then if they're getting properties with tenants they're not getting vacant on possession that can be a huge hindrance and last year we we did around just over 800 mortgages so we're not trying to persuade or, or push back it's we really want to see you be successful from what we see on a daily basis these are the two most common one of the two most common reasons of we see deals taking extremely long from the original plan that you have set in place and it's because it's it's not within your area of control that you can, or your area of influence that you can really control. It's only to some extent. So we're, yeah, we're still trying to push everything through the finish line, but we just really want to see clients successful. And those two issues commonly come up of why deals always get, go always typically double over the projected timeline.
I guess one other thing I wanted to hit on is um, as you use and keep using, or as you, I guess, get experience flipping in general, being able to prove that, and also with Calvert, is that help the underwriting process? Does it get, obviously it's easier because we're going to be better at giving the deal and giving it the way you like it. But is there any kind of, if there's a close spot or something like that, is there anything given if I've done five deals or if this is my first deal or if I've done 20 deals with you, do you consider that in your underwriting kind of process? 100%, definitely. We have yeah quite a few clients where now we're at the point where they have a purchase agreement, they have the renovation plan, they just show us our proof of funds. It takes them an hour or so to put together and it's primarily the renovation plan and they just submit that to us. We are very relationship based. So once that track record's there, that relationship is there. The timeline in order to fund deals is that much quicker just because we do have a relationship. They have a track record. We understand the renovations that they do. We track all of the properties that we lend on as well too. And we essentially have a benchmark of what the property sells for and what our analysts valued it at. We're typically within around 2% of what the property actually sells for versus what our appraiser valued it at. Keep in mind, obviously, there's been a lot going on in the market depending on the, the property type community and the location. So there's obviously some outliers, but yes, if, if a client has a track record, we're more than happy to do what's best in order to optimize and uh, have an effortless experience on their end. But even if they aren't doing volume, like if, if we have a client, they do one deal, the property sells, it's complete, and they're looking to submit another one. As long as it's a year or less, we don't need doc updated documentation every time. So once we have app, credit, NOA, proof of funds, their and their renovation agreement and their renovation plan on the first deal, the next deal, as long as the year isn't passed, we can use all the exact same documentation. And all we need is the reno funds and, or sorry, the renovation summary and proof yeah. of funds. So it's, it's, it's quite seamless, we'd like to think for just not having to update documentation every time because it is obviously a pain having to fill out an app, pull credit, notice of assessments, all that stuff from a client's point of view. I've done it and it's oh, it, it's a hassle. <laughs> like to think we're trying to reduce documentation while managing risk on our end and creating a win for everyone where not a bunch of documentation, but you give us all the information that we're looking for. I love it. So that's the second thing I've learned in this call. So I'm writing down my nuggets. Because honestly, it's I have certain clients who just, they're going to use Calvert to build their portfolio quicker than they can do it themselves. So it leads me into, and let me make sure I get my note here for that. Don't don't need to resubmit. Because that's a selling point. Because yeah, you're right. Some clients, they absolutely hate providing documents. And if they say they don't need to do it. So we're going to get into why use a private lender. And honestly, for some clients, that might be, yeah. oh, I don't have to keep giving them documents because they hate it. Especially now in the past even three years or even a year of how much more documents we got to give typical a lenders uh, don't need to update documents so i guess let's For get sure. into it's yeah why use a private lender for me i'll start it off saying when you're i have clients who their tds and there is usually the issue the tds they're out of whack and there's a lot of things we can do as a mortgage broker that to, to get you like even all the way to 60 rate 60 60 ratios or even 70 there's a lot of cool programs, right? I have 70 lenders, 40, but still there's a time to use private lending and there's a time to use it for, what was the question? Why use it? It's when you're trying to get in and out. And yep. sometimes I could have got a B deal with the one that I did. I was like, here's, you could go B or you could go private. He chose private. And why did he do that? I was like, well, B still going to come with fees. They're going to hit you with the penalty. 
And I was like, so if you do the calculation between private and B, I personally think you make out better with private because it's all about how quick can you do the renovation? How quick can you refi? How quick can you get out? If you go B, they are, you're going to get hit with a penalty and that has to be taken into the account. Uh, and it actually, we did the numbers and it made sense to go private. But what are other reasons why you find all your clients, 800 deals? Why are they going private? Uh, besides it's easier. Uh, yeah. yeah. What are other reasons that stand out to you? Yeah. The first one that we didn't touch on is definitely quick closings. A lot of our business is similar to your deal. It closes in under a week or it closes in two weeks. A lender, B lender just can't close in time. So we're able to offer a, a really quick closing and that's a huge value add to clients, especially if they're active real estate investors, they're working with a seller. Maybe the seller's in a distressed situation because we can underwrite deals typically in 24 business hours. If you submit us a deal, and it's for Joe Smith and he's working with the seller and the seller wants to sell next week. A huge value add to some of these real estate investors is having a really quick closing for the seller because they need to offload the property as, as quickly as possible. So number one, definitely quick closing. Number two is similar to your point is we're not taking a look too much at GDS, TDS. So clients are definitely able to scale up subject to due diligence, but stretch their capital further and as opposed to doing one deal with 20, 25% down, they're able to scale up if they want to have a lower down payment option. So they can obviously get the benefit that real estate offers in terms of leverage and stretch that even further, specifically when it comes to us. And then to your point, reduce documentation, no appraisal, don't have to worry about the headache. They have confidence knowing that if we approve the deal, we're actually gonna fund it just due to our history and relationship with our clients. And then, the fourth point, probably one of the more important ones is actually a product fit. So the reason why we're in business is because the big banks, B lenders, they hate the short term lending. They think it's too risky. They don't understand it, especially when it comes to flipping. So we really carved out a niche. And as opposed to going to a B lender or an A, it's just not a good product fit. Clients want something fully open, quick closing, a lender that really works with investors and helps create solutions as opposed to creating roadblocks to help them scale their portfolio. So it's just really having a product that aligns with the clients trying to achieve. And we'd like to feel that we've really tailored our products around really good customer service, a really unique value proposition to create something that's in demand, something that people want to use. And to your point, it, it's cheaper. And in that scenario, as opposed to going to a B lender. And it's just breaking down all the costs associated with your legal fees, appraisal, prepayment penalties, obviously rates and fees, and just doing a side-by-side -side comparison. And when it does come to our rates, fees, and total value proposition, it makes a lot of sense in, in most instances, depending on the client scenario, to actually go private because it gives them the access to the capital that they need. And, and it's a really good product fit. Yeah, so basically when, you, when somebody asks you why to go private, like, that like everything you just said is the opposite of what a lenders do a lenders are slower yeah we want to be we want to exactly. be broke. like one yeah it takes us a whole week just to get a commitment two well, then we have to meet all these conditions three we have to be close like those conditions i always tell clients within two weeks before it funds they want to have the broke a broker complete it just everything yeah. the documentation the time it takes Everything you just said is the opposite of a lending and how they think. They think guidelines, they're checking boxes. If it's not in the box, mm -hmm. it's even though it makes total damn sense, 
they're not thinking about the sense. They're just thinking about, is it in this box? If it's not, then it can be an issue. So yeah, everything you just said like, is the opposite of how A lenders think. B, there's more flexibility, but still A lender. It's like everything you just said is the opposite. So it's really cool. And then so I think yeah. one thing I, I wanted to touch on for that flip analyzer is we will, in this show, I'm going to put in a link and I'll put a link, like you can send me a direct message or I even I'll put it in the link of the show for the flip analyzer. I always try to get my, even when I'm coaching now, so coaching or even my, I'm an investor focused mortgage agent. So when I know people, they might not even be thinking about private or they might not be even thinking about it. I motivate people because I tell them, look at this product. This is a sheet. I want you to think about your deals that you're going through with this sheet. And it's good, even if you're not using whatever, you still think about it like this, because you can tell that sheet is set up for an investor to think and put it on paper and, and come up with a good plan. So I have a, I, I share that sheet a lot. I go through and coach people on how to fill it out. And the big value add, I think where I'm in this equation is one, I'm going to make sure that you're thinking about it, that sheet. And two, it's making sure you have an exit plan. And that's the, the most important thing, I think, for, or, or at least I've noticed, and getting these deals for, from Calvert is it, if they're only funding 20% of the, you did 800, but I'm trying to do the math. But if you're funding 20%, I think that I could, yeah. my percentage is going to be higher than 20% because I've, I know what they're thinking. I know how they're thinking. And the big part is the exit plan. And that's the, like my specialist is making sure there's an exit plan. And even one thing that I've talked to to Calvert this week about was part of the exit plan. People don't know, like when they go to a mortgage broker, hey, you can re- I can figure things out that other people can't because I have a residential mortgage department. I have a commercial mortgage department. I know that you can get a commercial loan even on a residential property. Most people don't even consider that in, in their thinking. So yeah, we consider A, B, private, but also there's commercial loans on residential properties. That could be an exit. And be, the reason, the big difference, and you can correct or I guess supplement, but when you're dealing with a residential mortgage, people are, the lenders are betting on your ability to pay back. When you're dealing with the commercial, they're betting on the mm-hmm. property's ability to pay back. So if you're getting a single family house and turning it into a three unit, legal three units, a commercial lender would still would jump all over that if we can't make it work because of your TDS or whatever it is. So that to me is an exit that not many other mortgage brokers are even going to consider. I'll pause there because I know I've said a lot and I want you to think about it from the Calvert lens, but go ahead. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, no, you mentioned some fantastic points, absolutely fantastic points. And a few other things that I would mention is When you're coming to a broker and you have a deal, you are essentially, when it comes to this specific product, you're pitching a business plan. You're saying, hey, I'm buying this property for 500 grand. I'm gonna put 50,000 into it. I think I can sell it for 625. This is the due diligence I've done. I have five different contractors. They walk through the property. They quoted me the exact same scope for the renovation. This, these are the funds that I've had, that I have. I think it'll take six months to be conservative. I'm gonna project eight months. These are the numbers that I have laid out. And when clients do that and they submit it through a broker, it is just, it's music to our ears because we get stuff that's piecemealed. Oh, I think I can sell it for 600. I haven't really dug into the comps. I'm working with a buddy, he's a contractor. He put together this rough quote. I I think it's accurate, but uh, I'm just really leaning on his expertise because I, I, I trust him. 
he hasn't confirmed that he can start work right after closing date. He, he has quite a few projects on the go. Stuff like that creates, I don't want to say anxiety, but when you come prepared, you have a plan, you pitch it to us, your likelihood and just the way that you come off in the eyes of a lender is tenfold compared to someone who's just praying and wishing and really relying on the mortgage broker to do the underwriting, ask them for the due diligence. Um, so that's definitely point number one. I, I didn't know that you could even get uh, a commercial mortgage on a residential. That's something really interesting that, you know, even uh, after this or whatever the case may be, I'd love to pick your brain because that uh, is something that would be so beneficial when it comes to clients uh, refinancing. Mm. And having the ongoing education, to your point, is crucial and paramount because whenever we get a, a deal, the first thing we're going to ask you is what the what the address is. We want to make sure that it abides by our location requirements. What property type is it? How much you're looking to put down? Exit strategies, usually question number four, question number two is how are you going to pay us out? Is it going to be, is it going to be a sale? Is it going to be a refi? Okay. Has your broker pre-approved you for the refi? Have they approved you up to the amount that you're looking to exit at? Your GDS, TDS, income credit, like what lender are you going to, what mortgage product? And when you're able to speak the terms of the lender, it's, it, it just really sets you up for success in the lender's eyes. And when it obviously comes to the private space, it, it, it does come down to uh, obviously relationships, due diligence as well too, but having that view of the lender in order to make their life easier is obviously something completely rare, but uh, having the view of the lender is, is obviously an important skill to have, especially if you're a real estate investor and understanding what they're taking a look at and how they assess risk in order to grow your portfolio because it, it's gonna be paramount on getting educated on how you can scale your portfolio, working with great brokers like yourself in order to just, yeah, set yourself up for success. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, for my coaching, I, I, I take it as a requirement as one of my first steps is you need to think like lenders because a lender is thinking like that for a reason. Mm -hmm. They have experienced lending money and they're doing that due diligence. They're looking at things. Everything they look at, you should get good at. Plain and simple. It's not just because you got to get good at mm -hmm. it or submitting it to them. You should be good at it because they're looking at that for a reason. They're not just randomly saying, well, I want to look at these things. They are doing it for a reason and that's what you got to get good at. That's number one. I think it's you say the business plan, you're basically coming to a business plan for the property. Um, so one thing we do at Lend City uh, that's very unique, um, not to keep trying to sell myself, but it's, it's just, I think you should be doing this. And if you're a broker, then, then listen up. Um, we do a real estate portfolio investment business plan with you. We'll guide you in doing that because we don't just want you to think one time. We want you to think longevity. And so when you're not just thinking, oh, I'm going to close this first deal with cover and then I'm going to do this. No, we want to plan it out. Tell me what you're trying to achieve long term. Let's plan it out. And let's actually put a business plan in place. And I'm going to be calling you. If you told me you want to buy five properties and we've put a business plan in, in place, I'm going to be calling you saying, hey, what's happening with this business plan? Do we need to adjust it? Do we need to update it? What has changed? Things can always change. But at least you have something on paper that you're working towards and you're being less reactive, more proactive. And hopefully that's going to help you build and grow faster. So I, I think that's one thing is the business plan you just mentioned. I think that's really important, not just for the, the, the actual property purchase, but for your portfolio as you try to grow. And another thing is, I think that we're really unique in is we give a pre-approval. When you close, we give a pre-approval. Like my present to you is a pre-approval for your next purchase. Mm -hmm. 
I'm always every, if you're an investor, the oh, next day I'm giving that. you your present and I'm giving you a pre-approval of how much you can get for your next purchase. And if you have a real estate business portfolio plan with me, I'm giving you the pre-approval and I'm also going to refer to that business plan to talk about next steps because I always want you looking forward. And that's why a lot of realtors work with me because I'm going to generate more business for them. But to me, I have this thing, it's win. Three levels of win at least, meaning it's a win for the client because they're building their dreams and their portfolios. It's a win for the, the realtors and the professionals working with them. They're going to all be on the same page. And because they know it's not just, oh, I'm going to do business one time and then I'm done with that person but they are continuously maintaining a relationship. And then it's a win obviously for our business because we're doing more and more mortgages. So I'll pause because I go on my tangents, but uh, you got me really excited with the business <laughs> plan. And I just wanted to share kind of certain things that, that we do because that's what I'm passionate. I'm not in the mortgage business to just do mortgages at all. I want to help people grow portfolios. I grow my own portfolio. And my general kind of strategy is and I think Calvert's kind of aligned based on the words I've heard before from Calvert is we want to grow with you. I want to have 20 clients or 50 clients that have hundreds of properties and we're going to keep moving and keep growing and making sure that we're growing together. I don't want to just get a sick person that's I'm going to get all those documents one time and then go through, oh, I don't want to give you documents. And then we complete a first a, a mortgage, but what the average person might do a mortgage three to five years every and then I don't hear from you again. I actually, if you're an investor, I want to work with you to grow. If you want to become an investor, I'm going to grow with you. If you're a one-off, sure. But I still try to convert those people to investors because I believe in real estate investing myself. I think it's the common person should be doing it, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's a key takeaway for me is I have never heard of a broker pre-approved, giving you a pre-approval next day once you close. I think that is such a huge value add. That is, wow, that would blow me away as a client for sure. That is absolutely remarkable. It's, think about it. We already have the documents. The documents are all updated. Exactly. It's kind of like you not having to give documents within a year, which I, I have a note here. The notes I wrote is that one. Oof. But it's the yeah. same thing. It's, I already have updated everything and I know exactly what the new expenses are. Boom, shoot that in and tell you, as long as you have that down payment, here's where you are. And then I even break it down to different things because we have certain lenders that will go, the typical lender wants their GDS and TDS 39.44, but then certain lenders will allow you to go to 50-50 A lenders and certain lenders will look at the subject property rents and all those types of things. I actually have that in the pre-approval. I'll give them like different scenarios because like you use that example of the million and the 750, it's all based on scenarios. I never want to give somebody a pre-approval and no. say, oh, this is your number. I always say, this is your number and here's the different factors we put into your number. You always have to make assumptions, right? Like your assumption of how much is yep. the tax going to be? Your your different assumptions need to be clear. So I never give somebody a number of your proof. You can go for a million. You can go for a million if the taxes are this, if there's no boiler, whatever it is, you have to get, I want to educate the people I'm working with so they know the different factors that will impact their mortgage. So then it's good for me. It's good for them, right? I teach them once they know it forever and it will cause them to make less kind of mistakes as they grow. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is such a good best practice and really sets the client up for success and having the understanding of what's possible right when they close is opens up so many doors and great value proposition on your end.
even I think from Calvert, do you guys have any, cause I know you guys have so many deals. So I always, I, I give them advice on what types of renovations are going to add the most add value. Do you have any kind of literature or anything like that, mm -hmm. that you, you share or that you publish? Yeah, typically I'll reference it in the footnotes here, but there's the Appraisal Institute of Canada release an article. I forget how old it is. One of our in-house analysts provided it and it's the, the renovations that increase the value mm -hmm. the most. Typically number one is, is painting renovations with, within the bathroom, within the kitchen, typically have the most value add, but I'll provide that list. I forget it off the top of my head, specifically how they had it broken down. This was like six, six ish, seven months ago, but those three typically right there from what we see on it, paint is obviously huge. It's one of the most obviously largest return on investments as well too, for the, the work involved. But yeah, more than happy to share that list in order to help clients yeah. just stay up to date on the literature. A few other things that I would note is, are you familiar? We released uh, a few new products as of late. Have you heard of the interim purchase no. one? It's essentially, we, we just started doing this. I want to say it was about a year-ish or, or so ago. And it's the exact same for the most part as the flip product, except no renovations are going to be involved. So we are, we're lending on the as-is value. And there's two most common user case scenarios that we're seeing with this product. Number one is A lender, B lender can't close in time. So if you have a client, they were set up for funding on Tuesday of next week and A lender pulled out for whatever reason, this would be a product for clients that are in those unfortunate scenarios. And user case example number two is pre-construction. So value number one is we lend on the as is value. So if the client bought two years ago for 500 grand, it's worth 600 today. We would lend on the $600,000 as is value. Benefit to the client there is they're getting in with lower amount out of their own pocket. On the flip side of this, if it's unfortunately gone down because we lend on the as is value, then we need a little bit more down. But going back to the example number one, bought for 500, it's worth six. We can close in just a few days. It's fully open. We don't need an appraisal. So if the client bought two years ago when rates were significantly lower than they are today, and now they don't qualify and the builder let them know that, hey, yeah, we're ready to close in two weeks, a month, whatever the case may be. This project allows the clients to close and they just list it on the MLS to offload it. If the numbers don't make sense, if they were originally looking to keep it as a cash flowing rental property. So we help essentially help clients just close. They list and exit and it, it's a win for everyone if they're just looking to close and exit on the property. Nice. Okay. Yeah, send me some literature on that. I That sounds pretty interesting. I can have some cases in my head where that could be used. Yeah. So just a short-term solution with a quick closing where no renovations are going to be completed and it helps the clients close. And if they're looking to exit, obviously work with yourself to ensure that they're going to qualify on the exit. But if they're just looking to offload and they're only going to keep it for a few months, they're literally able to, to close, list it on the MLS the next day. If they're in and out in 14 days, they're charged 14 days interest. If it's 45, they're charged 45. However long the capital is out for, then that's how many days that they're charged. Yeah, that's really cool. I think some lenders, some listeners might have a question about that. So you have a, a deal, you got it through, it's approved, you got the money, it's a six, six month open. What happens if I only need mm -hmm. two months? And I guess, I think we touched on it, but it's still, I want to emphasize how the interest works per day. So say I only had it for 14 yeah. days and it was supposed to be six months. So because it's fully open, there's no prepayment penalty, any of that. You're charged daily. So how you calculate the interest rate is the interest rate 
So say if it's 10%, you times that uh, by the mortgage amount, divide by 365 to get the daily interest rate. And then you just multiply by however many days you expect to be in the loan for. And it's really handy because it's in the flip analyzer tool as well too. So you can able, you're able to see how much your interest is on a daily basis in order to obviously incentivize yourself so to be, yeah. shave off and be in. <laughs> so yeah, if you're paying an extra 100, 150, 200 bucks a day in interest, depending on what the mortgage is and, and the interest rate, shaving off a few extra days, making a few hundred bucks. It's, I know it, motiv it motivates most oh, people. Oh, it's so motivating. The, the guy that closed today, I told him, I was like, if I was you, I would've waited till Monday I would have got permission to put all my supplies in the driveway on the weekend. <laughs> and I would have had my, I, I like putting a storage box there and everything. I don't want the trades to say, I need to go to the store. My goal is no stores. You're mm -hmm. working, when you're here to work, you're here to work. And so that's what I would have done. And that's because I would be motivated when I, because I seen the flip, I seen the day. I was like, hey, that could be the difference of 800 bucks. It's 800 bucks, 800 bucks. But uh, exactly. day, I, I like it in my pocket. So yeah, it's, it is motivating knowing that, that if you finish early, you can avoid all this cost. Obviously, I, I still did tell him like, listen, you still got to do quality work. <laughs> like, don't just rush so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's yeah. a fine line. But uh, yeah, it's a cool thing that they, they should. 100%. Um, and then what is... So yeah, break it. Pardon? And then the other one is we're starting to do a little bit of multifamily as, as well too. Minimum that we need down is 10%. Low money down for multifamily. We go up to 65% loan to value of the after repair value. Six month term, fully open, renew for another six months as long as the client's in good standing. And most common user case scenario we're seeing for this is a repositioning product for CMHC MLI Select Program. Most will lend on one property, which unfortunately limits a few individuals is 1.5 million. So if it's in Windsor, Sudbury, Sault Ste. Marie, where purchase prices are obviously typically significantly lower than in and around the GTA or, or Southwestern Ontario is what we're doing. So just started doing that a, a little while ago. We've had some success with it. We do quite a bit of it up in Edmonton where your money typically goes quite further as opposed to, to Calgary. So that's an option as well too. Uh, with those, we do need an appraisal if the value, if it's five units and over 1.5 million. So with that, we would require appraisal, but anything four units and below and 1.5 million and below, we can use our in-house analysts. And what's analysts. the minimum down payment on that? Is it the 35% or is that, did I miss that? 10%, 10 okay. minimum down is 10%. Yeah, if you could send yeah. the literature on those yeah. two products, those are something I'd wanna to add to my wheelhouse for when I'm doing my coaching, it's something they can, should consider. And then a few other things to mention, just in terms of deals, we've been seeing quite a bit of debt consolidation. Unfortunately, it's just not in our focus. Refinances aren't in our focus. Mixed use, high loan to value stuff in, in second position with unfortunate how the economy is and people being leveraged for starting to see quite yeah. a bit of it. So just don't do clients in, in those types of scenarios. Just to save everyone yeah, time. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. That's, it's really important. That's important. So I think the, I want to say one thing that you said about adding value. I had a little note on that is. It's really similar, my approach to your approach on that, the adding value of where to do the renovations. Always kitchens, bathrooms, paint is obviously huge. And flooring is, to me, those are the four common. And then I always, I wanted to add a little spice yep. of anytime you can add a bedroom and not take away from the property, yeah. it's never a bad thing. And I think you're always adding a lot of value when you can add a bedroom. That's just my general advice. I, I usually give my clients when I'm coaching, 
but I will take that document you said. Yeah, that's a, the cool document to have. And a part of the, like when I say business plan, these are things that you want to have readily available to you in a, in an organized way. So even the three products that you've met, the flip analyzer, to me, you should just, that should be something you use, even if you're not doing a Calvert loan or not, like that's something you should always have. And then knowing about these other products, because if you, a lot of times people not knowing that things exist, like you didn't know about the commercial exit. That means like there's a lot of deals where they can't exit. You can send them to me. I'll take them and I'll, I'll figure out how to exit mm-hmm. because yeah. I know that I have that knowledge, right? Knowledge is power and who you work with and who that power team is. Obviously, it, if you're doing these types of things, you want to have that contractor's key and build that relationship. But the mortgage broker, you would never think about it as being like a huge key like I'm proposing. But when you have somebody who is an investor-focused mortgage broker, investor-focused professionals in general, it's something I really preach and I encourage to listeners to get that power team. And I'm not just saying me, I'm just saying in general, make sure you have investor-focused resources around you because it can be the difference of your portfolio growing in a flat curve or that upward cycle, right? My goal is to get you really hammering it. And I truly think that I can add value by knowing about all these products from privates and just knowing about all the Mm -hmm. different ways that we can help you grow. And I care about that more than, oh, you don't have TDS the same or you don't have all these documents. No, that's not ever how I think. A lot of people don't even come to the table or come to the ballpark to play because they think they don't have the tools. They think, oh, I haven't, my taxes are bad. Mm -hmm. They've been talking to their banks about they don't put anything on paper. There's products out here that if you are good at what you do in terms of finding value, being able to execute, and you have an exit strategy, you can, there's nothing holding you back. So that's my, I guess my last, I am going to leave it to you, Ryan. Anything else that do you want to touch on before we start to close? I think you nailed everything on the head. Yeah. I love what you guys are doing, creating education, helping real estate investors. And to your point, having someone who's also investing in the asset class is a huge value add just because you know it, you live it, you breathe it, you understand it, you're experiencing it firsthand. So that is something that we always recommend clients is work with a realtor, work with a mortgage broker who's investing in the same asset class that you're looking to get in, just because having that lens of the firsthand experience as well as coaching others. Sorry, you froze for a second. So I heard as well as coaching others and then your audio cut out. Here, I turned off my video. Ryan, can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I'm going to turn off the video and let it just... So yeah, you said the importance of working with uh, professionals in your same asset class. And then it cut out. Can you repeat that? I appreciate that. I definitely would be the one. I love to always continuously improve uh, just in general. That's the engineer in me. But I, honestly, you guys, this isn't just because you're on the show, but you provide a good service. You're really responsive. You'll say, oh, if it's going to take you two days, you're going to say it's going to take you two days. So then you're setting an expectation with us. You're very fast. And, and you'll tell us why, if it's going to take whatever. So that's what I really like. You're really open book. I've enjoyed working with Calvert and I think Ryan, maybe we should, we can talk after this about, uh, so we have something called the Lens City Investor Hub, where basically we have a investor community. We've created this about hundred and 120 days ago. We have 600 investors that are in this hub 
and we actually have live, we do the same thing we basically just did, but we just do it live with investors that actually can ask questions as we talk. So they can do it meeting, raising their hand, or they can do it via a chat. It's usually a Teams meeting, but we have about 70 or so people in these calls. And that's something that when you talk about working with education is a huge pillar uh, for us. And I think that there's some value possibly in us doing a webinar on that show where you'll get live questions from the audience. And a lot of these people that I coach are actually in this hub already. So it's nice that they're going to hear it from your mouth and not just mine. But yeah, that's something we should consider. And and if any listeners there, you can send me a DM. Um, Instagram, Turnkey McCallie is my handle. That's the easiest way to get in touch with me. Ryan, how do you want to leave how to get in touch with you? Even though I would still advise you that coming to me, then me going to Ryan is the best way because I'm going to make sure that you're presented kind of the right way. (laughs) Okay, cool. I appreciate you taking the time this afternoon, Ryan, and happy Friday. I hope you have a good day, good weekend. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time. And we'll chat more about some other things we can do in the future. All right, you too. Cheers. If you're serious about real estate investing and you want to take it to the next level with the least amount of time and mistakes, then you're going to want to sign up for our Real Estate Investor Hub. Visit CanadianRealEstateNetwork.com and hit the blue button or banner that says Free Investor Resources. Inside, you'll have access to real estate investing courses, networking opportunities, webinars featuring industry professionals as well as dedicated chat channels to share and get access to unique properties. I look forward to seeing you there.